2: This episode is aimed at those of us out there who are planning on getting pregnant, uh, but maybe dealing with a fertility issue, might have some anxiety about having an issue, or maybe you just want to arm yourself with some more information. So we have got someone who knows a lot about it. That's exactly right. <laughs> so to help us clarify everything and exa- everything and educate us on some of the contributing fertility issues and also some of the solutions we have available to us or may have available to us, We have Dr. David Wilkinson. Thanks for coming and joining us, David. Welcome, David. David.
0: And thank you very much for having me.
2: Kath, I did bring up David's bio. You brought out the big hitters. If you don't mind, David, can I just run through some of the things you... (laughs) Certainly. (laughs) So you're an IVF and fertility care specialist. That's right. Um, You're also a specialist in fertility-related gynaecology. Yes. Uh, Kath, this is a little bit... um, He studied at Oxford before completing his PhD in... London. Okay. Which royal baby did you deliver, William?
0: Sworn, sworn <laughs> to secrecy. <laughs> sworn secrecy.
2: No. Look, Dave. I'm mad when... one. Oh. <laughs> She's definitely a monarchist. Mad monarchist. <laughs> Great to hear. <laughs> so um, you're specialising in obstetrics and gynaecology at the Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne. You have a certificate in reproductive endocrinology and infertility subspecialty qualification. And in addition, you are the head of reproductive biology unit at the Mercy Hospital for Women. That's right. You've also got to practice in St Kilda, but just yes. on, on on your on your training, is it a uh, is this an area that's booming? Is fertility in, uh, like a booming area?
0: I think uh, it certainly has been big changes over the last few years, and I think we'll probably touch on this a bit later. But certainly, it has been a growth area in terms of people um, seeking treatment, mm. and I think there's been a couple of reasons for that. First of all, the treatment we can offer is a lot more successful than it used to be, and um, one of the things we'll talk about later too is often people are leaving things a bit later uh, mm. before they start trying for a family and that can mean that we need to offer some help.
2: Mm. So, Kath, one of your major expectations of, of this of this chat is to kind of mitigate people's anxiety if they have to or they are looking at going to have a consultation with a fertility specialist. Yep. Um, yeah, so what would happen if I turned
0: up? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be very pleased to see you, Kath, And, yes, um, and, and
2: say see you
1: later.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. You'd be surprised. But oh, no, I'd love another not, baby. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> we are governed by some sort of Yeah, sure. You know, um, rule, so, but, so
1: what would an f- initial yeah.
0: consultation be like? So I guess the first thing to say is you mentioned al- already about some of the anxiety surrounding pregnancy generally, but I think it's it al- almost reaches new heights when you see a woman or a couple coming to see you where there's an issue with infertility because usually by the time they've made that decision to come and see you, often anxiety is at the forefront.
1: Have they know. often had tests beforehand yeah, seeing it, you? It, it varies before... widely. Sometimes
0: yeah. I'll, I'll see a couple who've had nothing done and you know it surprised me some, sometimes they may have been trying for years and years, you mm. know, which you can't believe they've had to go through that without seeking help. Other times they might have seen their GP already and had some of the basic tests done. But they're usually, I think, in a state of, of anxiety. Most patients are by the time they come and see you because they're they making a decision to come and see you and it's not something they really wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think a big part of our job is to try and hopefully help them through that yeah. um, by, you know, trying to relax them a little bit and, and also but hopefully providing useful information and some um, hope that we can help
1: Yeah, um, down and the by track. giving them like a percentage of, you know, according to age, because we're talking off air that age...
0: Yes. now is an issue it is and so um, traditionally or you know 20 30 40 years ago the average age of a couple or woman having a first child was was often younger mm. so I do see a lot of patients through uh, a variety of reasons where they've started um, trying later you know financial pressures yeah. career issues whatever and so that brings things into sharper focus and we also know that you know IVF or anything aside we just know that natural fertility changes a lot so even from the age of 35 onwards, there is a decline in natural fertility. Mm. And um, and it's hard to get pregnant, isn't it? It is human. We've li- talked about this before <laughs> in another episode. <laughs> human, human reproduction is is inefficient. So I mean,
1: seriously, I was saying to Brooke, how on earth have we got a population?
0: <laughs> well, I <laughs> know. Yeah. So you're looking at about, you know, the best it gets is about 20 to 25% per month in a young couple with no issues whatsoever. Mm. 25%,
2: that's, like that's the
0: best. That's the best. And and that goes down. So obviously if you're looking at couples where the, or, or, where the woman's... Um, Ages 40 onwards, it's a lot less than that. Mm. And mm. there's a, a variety of reasons for that, which I could um, go and add nauseam. I'm not sure if you'd like yeah, me yes. to, but there's two, the two big reasons for that. One is the number of eggs decreases as time goes by, but just as important is the actual quality, quality of the egg yeah. changes. So each time you release an egg when you're 40, it's far more, less likely to be fertilised or, or to develop into a pregnancy than when you're 20, mm. and that's the same for everybody.
1: And how far would it be 40 Two forty-three, forty-four. What 44, what's the latest a woman could actually yeah. achieve a pregnancy herself and have a, a viable baby?
0: So, it really a, yeah, so. There is a viable pregnancy. Yeah, there is a massive range. So, generally speaking, we just go on averages. So, if you look at um, for patient, patients going through IVF, we, we keep such close records, we can study this very carefully. But if you look at the chance of a baby at 40, 41, 42, it goes down very significantly, and by 45, most IVF units say, recommend no more treatment using your own eggs because the chances are so low. Yeah, of, it, of, it, of,
1: of viability and abnormality? or uh,
0: Both. Or so both. first of all, conceiving, yeah. but then there's a much higher miscarriage rate too, and mm-hmm. then there are other issues like things like Down syndrome increase. Yeah. What makes it difficult though is there, there are outliers, and you know that we have had patients of 46 and 47, and yeah. everyone will have heard of somebody who conceiving naturally done it way beyond there but to give you an idea um, lots of studies have been done in years gone by looking at populations who don't use contraception throughout their life mm. um, and you know often have huge families 14 15 children but and by 45 those women who've been previously very very fertile only a tiny percentage of them could get pregnant again even though they've you know have, might have 15 children already right. so it's a big factor yeah the right.
1: that they've had a lot of babies yes and then yep. yeah
0: and by look about only about ten percent can conceive again by forty-five, even though they've been very fertile previously. Yeah, so yeah.
1: they would have had to start young. Yes, ha- have a lot of babies, and then yeah. they they can't. Yeah, that's interesting. And so
0: even even though they are still having their period, of releasing an egg yeah. every month, it's just that, that the egg that's being released it's, is not functional. Right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So so if I were Kath to you know want to conceive, and I was to come and see you, yes. David. What, what could I expect you to ask me or what information would I have to bring to you? What's... Uh,
0: yeah, so look, we see as fertility specialists a whole range of situations. We see heterosexual couples, we see single women, we see same-sex relationship couples. With, you know, so it really depends, obviously, what the situation is. But generally, the, um, the more information you can bring, particularly about any previous treatment you've had or, or results you have to bring that along... But the, the sort of things we ask about, first of all, just the general history, obviously a gynecological history with the regular periods, any issues in the past. If there's a male involved, we still, still occasionally play about part, that, that uh, you know, what, um, if they've had a sperm test done, that's very important. If Whether they've had
1: a pregnancy before. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah it probably would be, It is. That yeah. can, can sometimes be a difficult question to raise, and it's yeah, not, and I've, right. I've had the situation of getting a call after the first consultation to say, well, uh, actually.
2: <laughs> yes, I have, but yeah. he didn't know about it. Yeah, yet, but, right? So the first... Oh. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't following that. Oh, yeah.
0: that's tricky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. We're doing code Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've heard that Using hand signals. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the main thing is a history, obviously, just going through some of the basics, like time of intercourse, you know, um, giving information about ovulation, time based on cycle length whether there's any symptoms suggested of endometriosis, all those general things. So,
1: family history is there anything um, that's relevant for
0: family history? Often not huge, but it can be if there's any history of premature menopause that can mm. have a familial link. So, yeah. if somebody is you know coming in, um, I'll often ask about that. So, so can... just to do a side jump, what would you? Um, Measures as, as
1: premature menopause.
0: Okay. So the average age of menopause in Australia is around about 52. Mm. So that's when all the eggs have gone, periods have stopped. By definition, we call premature menopause prior to 40. Mm. And I unfortunately do see some, you know, patients who present that way and it can be such a terrible shock for sure, them. You yeah. know, just no yeah. idea this was coming. Yeah. Um, it can sometimes result from things obviously like chemotherapy treatment in the past, yep. surgery on the ovaries, most of the time we don't know. Just no reason at all. Most of the time we don't know. There Any are some earlier? Cause. Any? Oh, it, it can, yes. It can? Yeah, yes. And yeah. in fact, just before that's I left. That's so sad, isn't yeah, it? It is. Yeah. And it is ter- you know, it's, it's such a terrible shock. I've yeah. got a couple of patients in exactly that situation at the moment. And yeah. there's nothing in a history to warn oh. of it. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I was just about it to say, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Because,
1: you know, you just, you, you, you do put off having a baby at some stage for different reasons in your life. And then you sort of think, well, that's it. Yep, I'm going to try this month, and uh, you know we're going to have a baby
0: It's time. Now. Yeah, 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 and, and
1: it's, it's never the right time, obviously. <laughs> and I think
0: you know that's a common um, uh, comment made too. That you know mo- most of us spend half our life I'm trying to try avoid, not. and then <laughs> that's right. And then uh, when you, when decide you want it's, to get pregnant, it's a can't. lot harder than you realise. But um, you not know, as for those
1: I ever did that.
0: Before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for those patients where they do run into this problem of prematurely running out of eggs, it is heart- heartbreaking. But at least there is a potential option of using donor eggs yes. these days, which can change. Yes.
1: So, do you have a lot of women with the donor eggs? You know who do you, who don't who gives their eggs?
0: It's very it, it's complicated here yeah. in Australia because um, so I have some you know some of my patients are lucky enough that they have a close friend or a relative or somebody dear to them as knows the situation and volunteers to do it. So it's yeah. like a known egg yes. donor, and often you see you, you. I'm constantly reminded about how important how. The, the age of the egg is, you know, yes. you often see patients have been trying for years, nothing, and then often first or second go with a donor egg. In that situation, yes. it works. Mm. So, but that's hard, finding your own donor. Some um, patients can find donors um, by advertising. It has to be, um, has to be uh, approved by the health minister they're or not going online. not pay. Yes, so it has to be altruistic. Yes. Now, anybody going through IVF, it's a lot to go through. So there's not that many people who are going to go through that, you know, without any sort of reward. Yes, and so we are, um, it, it is a bit more difficult in Australia for that reason. And so sometimes people do have to go overseas where yeah. there are different rules about so compensation. Like, so there are a few different international yeah, options. Yeah,
2: wonder, while we're on this, you've, we've raised the idea of, of early menopause. Should we go through some of the other major fertility things? Yeah, while sure. We're on it? Like, would endometriosis be a common?
0: It is. So end, endometriosis um essentially a condition where the lining of the uterus that we call the endometrium grows starts to grow in the wrong place. So growing outside of the uterus, it can affect the ovaries, it can affect the surfaces in the peritoneal cavity, and there's an association between that, having it, and decreased fertility. We don't fully understand how it works and and how it affects fertility, but there's an association. About 10% of women have got endometriosis to some degree.
1: And when that is treated, um, what... The percentage of, uh, of, of it's, fertility. It's, yeah,
0: it's a difficult one and, and a contentious one. So um, the surgeons will you know, have previously advocated surgery, um, you know, to try and clear as much endometriosis as like possible. burning it off. Yeah, burning yeah, it off what, or resecting yeah. in a few different yep. ways you can treat it. I think if pain is not a big issue now, I think more and more uh, people who work in the area I do probably would say, look, IVF is probably a better option. Um, because it's there's less risk in terms of the surgical risk. You're not risking losing eggs from the ovaries by operating on them, and it seems to be as good an option as any. Yeah. About a third of the time, too, is the male. So we're always you know, focusing That's on the right. woman. So around about 30%, 30% of the, the time it's the male, and if you combine a bit of both, it might be a bit higher than that. Yeah. But there's a whole lot of other things, too. Um, there's potential tubal damage, if there's been a past history of um, you know, an STD or something yeah. like that. That's getting rarer to be honest yeah um, right a bit yes yeah. which is good yeah uh, but one of the big ones is what we call unexplained infertility which is where all we've done all the tests and we can't find um, yeah. the reason for it
1: and what about the sperm you know I know there has to be one winner but you know yes. there's with the winners <laughs> with the winners they have to be you know going in the right place so there's there's a oh, lot dirty. of issues is that Part of what you look at, or
0: it is a big part of it. So I say nearly a third of the time the issue is on the male side. Now that can be a variety of things. So the worst case scenario obviously is nah. no sperm, yeah. and, and I see that too frequently. You really, know, and it's obviously heartbreaking to suddenly discover that um, there's no sperm. Now it's It's not always the end of the line, though, because sometimes that can be due to a blockage in the system. So sperm are being produced and we can retrieve them and Mm. and help that couple have a baby. Mm. Or the worst case scenario, sometimes there is just zero sperm production from the testes for a variety of reasons. Mm. And obviously, um, you know, we can try and get sperm by testicular biopsy, but it doesn't always work out in that situation. So it depends really what the cause is.
1: So what percentage would that be?
0: Um so around about third some sort of sperm issue, but uh, zero sperm it'd be a lot less than that. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe yeah. you know one
1: and or two percent yeah. or something. And like that. The, yeah. the the stories about wearing um tight jocks and <laughs> and pilots and, uh, and, and people who are under underwater. there,
0: there is look, there's a bit of um, urban mythology with that, but there is something in it. So um often you know, I see a lot of cyclists and yeah. often they're concerned about the the trauma, yeah. you know. And the, yes. But there is something with overheating. So the testes operate a couple of degrees lower in temperature. That's why they hang outside the body.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and sperm production is best at that. So if you were having um, a sauna or something every like day... Like jockeys? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, and I can speak freely about this because yeah. this patient was open with it. A, a patient of mine was a jockey, a very yeah. well-known jockey, and when I first saw him, his sperm count was zero. Wow. <laughs> he had a spell um, away from...
1: The paddocks. Paddocks. Yep. <laughs> but he was
0: he was quite big for a jockey, it's so he's having to really sweat down to, mm, to get mm. that weight. When he stopped doing that for a couple of weeks, we actually started to find a few sperm wow. in his semen and, and happily got a couple of kids from, from IVF from that now. Jeez. Yeah.
2: Can I ask on that, so 30% um, male uh, fertility Compute, issue? Yep. Yes. Um, when you have somebody and they get that news that there just isn't any sperm, I mean, it's qu- quite shocking. It, <sighs> has...
0: it, it really is, you know, because usually when you first discover that, you're, you're still not sure whether we're going to be able to find any or not. Sometimes you can have a clue because um, there are a few genetic conditions which can do that. Mm. Um, in, in that situation, the, the best situation for them is if there is a blockage in the system, mm. we can retrieve yep. sperm. But yep. yeah, it is really confronting. Yeah. It's yeah. in the same way that as a woman being told you have no eggs or very few eggs, it's, it, you know. And is that why
1: everyone um, sees the psychologist prior? Yeah. Like, are those things. They talked are talked about.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so um, in Victoria, in Victoria, if you if you do IVF or other sort of um, treatment, you, there's a mandatory counselling session.
1: One. Just one. Yeah.
0: Sometimes more. Yeah. At least one, and if you're using donor eggs or donor sperm, there's more than that. And I think most patients feel a bit nervous about thinking they're going to be, ch- you know, checked out. are yeah, going, going to be a good father, kid, father, I'm father a good or not? Pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's actually to give. Them information, right. so it is, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of anxiety, and because nobody, nobody, including myself, you know, the have experience, I can't look somebody in the eye and say, "I promise you, this yes. is going to work." Yes. Sometimes we don't know; it's un- unpredictable. And at I times.
1: think that's what's hard: is when they start the IVF pro- yep. program or process, it's like we're going to have a baby straight away. And um, we had a same-sex couple on, um, and they thought. They said exactly that. They thought, well, we'll be fine. You yes. know, we'll we'll just get a, a, some semen and we'll be fine. And it took them quite a few months and they were quite shocked by that.
0: It, there's a degree, and I've had the same experience because in that situation, you think, well, there probably isn't a fertility issue. You know, there isn't, they haven't well, been trying for years and years with nothing happening. So, you know, this will hopefully work first go, but there can still be things you don't know about. And obviously age is a big thing too. Yes. You know, as we mentioned yeah. that... Um, IVF success rates are very dependent upon female age.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a young girl sport, it really is. It really is. Don't, you know, just even in labour too, that you know, just everything becomes. You know,
2: don't look at the, me. Th- I'm not a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> David, I just yes. um, I am so. I think listeners too um would be so pleased to hear though that you know you you're talking about um men who aren't. Um, producing any sperm, but it could be a blockage. I was imagining a tiny microscopic Dyson, get in there, give it a bit of a George and everything's free and clear. A Dyson? Well that's class, you know, something <laughs> fair like that. Enough. Maybe you should patent this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but the um, but what's really interesting would be to, you know, talk about some of the the procedures. And I obviously I mean Kath and I were talking earlier and I I don't know how many there are. Apparently there are quite a few different procedures for all variety of
0: things. Sure. Well look um We've already mentioned IVF, and to be honest, IVF is probably the biggest thing because it overall it has the highest success rates. But it really depends on what the situation is. So, I see um, I see some patients who are either single or in same sex um, relationship, and all they really need is access to sperm. And mm-hmm. so, for them, quite often what we'll do is a thing called artificial insemination, or the other name for it's intrauterine insemination. Yeah. And often in that situation, there's minimal drugs. We using ultrasound work out when ovulation is going to occur, and then. When ovulation occurs, we um, basically put concentrated sperm directly into the uterus through the cervix at the right time. So it's a very simple procedure,
1: and and, and without being funny, but that's sort of what the turkey based it is. All based that's the on. the, the, based on. the <laughs> notorious
0: but, turkey based, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's essentially, and the, it has
1: worked. I know, it, I've looked after people who've used it. it. Does
0: yeah. yeah, because because usually in that situation there actually isn't a fertility issue. It's just yeah. that the egg and the sperm are not getting yeah. together. So yeah. that would be our starting point. Yeah. Realistically, for a heterosexual couple, particularly if there's any issue with the sperm or we've identified a problem, that approach often isn't that great. It might increase the pregnancy rate slightly from just trying naturally, but it's not fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so often IVF treatment is the best option for them. Now, do you want me to just run through very simple terms what's involved? Just one thing,
1: can I ask? What what about the drugs that... They need was that what you're going to talk about? Yes, yes. Yep. so the drugs um, yep. that's got, they've got a bad name of
0: being they have such
1: so much pain and discomfort um, prior to
2: um, yep. transfer or yeah is, is the artificial insemination or
0: So with artificial insemination, sometimes you can just do that in what's called a natural cycle um, where you don't give any drugs mm. just work out an ovulation, sometimes you give one to trigger ovulation, or you can do it um, with low levels of stimulation. With that comes a risk of multiple pregnancy, which we you know have to be careful of. Mm. But with the, the big difference between that and IVF, so normally um, every woman um, every month a whole number of eggs would start to develop, hundreds maybe, but only one it ends, ends up getting released. So what we do with IVF, and we know the egg is often an issue, so not every egg is normal. So if we can get ten eggs in one month straight away, there's an increased chance of mm-hmm. finding a good one. And the way we do that is by giving um, Drugs which are the the most important one is really the natural hormone that you produce anyway, but in a high concentration, a daily injection of that just into the skin.
1: Mm.
0: Now, the drugs used to be a lot worse. There's been a big improvement in the last 10 years. So Uh, so with the class of drugs we use now, the side effects are much better. Pain was terrible, wasn't it? And and, and that can still happen if you get a lot of eggs in one go, but Mm. there's been a lot of I won't go into too much detail, but we've got a, a lot more tools at our disposal, whereas if it, if it looks as though somebody's going to get too many eggs in that month, we can change the way we manage the situation and make it safe. Mm. So there's been a massive improvement with that. Mm. But the big difference is, we are, so usually about two weeks of hormone treatment, we do a small operation where we collect the eggs um, from, directly from the ovaries. We do that transvaginally, so no cuts on the yeah. stomach, just it's under up. ultrasound yeah. guidance, usually with an anesthetic on board so it's not painful. We then take those eggs, we have a scientist in the theatre with us looking through the fluid to collect the eggs and then on that day um, we fertilise eggs with the sperm and we can do that one of two ways. We we can either mix the egg and sperm together or we can inject a single sperm into into each egg if there's a problem with the sperm Mm. and that's been one of the big developments on male uh, fertility and then the next day we check for fertilisation and a few days after that we would put a fresh embryo back usually put one embryo back. Because you at really the time.
1: have to see what quality they are, we don't do. you? Yes. That's the that's, that's right. Because people say, Oh mate, I've got fifteen eggs and you think, yep. Wow, that's fantastic. The Von Trapp family <laughs> <laughs> right there and then. Um, but but yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a
0: big drop off. So um I don't know how much detail to, to go into, but let's say you get fifteen eggs, it might be only five or, or more yeah, fertilised. So that's right, the yeah. first step. And then of those which fertilize, not all will continue to make a nice embryo. Yeah. And you're looking for the diamond in the rough. You're, looking, you're looking, looking, yeah, always Saturday. looking for the diamond in the rough. And even when you found it, though, it's still you know, a, a best of 50-50 chance per embryo because embryos which look like diamonds can still have an abnormal number of chromosomes right. in them, which yeah. they look perfect under the microscope. Yeah. But the other thing we do, which is a big improvement, has been that if we do get more than one embryo, we can freeze the other embryos. And nowadays, we're getting really high pregnancy rates with the frozen embryos, much better yeah. than it was ten years ago, and in fact, probably better on a one a direct comparison than with the fresh embryos. And
1: do you um, genetically test every egg?
0: No, so we can, yeah. and I've got patients where we do that, so you can.
1: And can you tell what? Can you tell them what sex it is? No, we no. definitely can't. So, no.
0: so we can take the embryos, we can biopsy the embryos, and then amplify the DNA. Mm-hmm freeze the embryo in the meantime, and we can work out whether the embryo is normal in terms of its chromosome number. And, and from that, you do see whether the um, embryo is male or female. Yeah. But we, we're not allowed to um, do sex selection, even to the point I'm not even told yes. from the laboratory what the sex of the embryo yes. is. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. So you get told whether it's normal, whether it's got 40, 46 chromosomes, yes. which you, you know um, should have. Because we know that, you know, with any kind of uh, fertility, natural or IVF, the biggest reason you don't get pregnant is the problem with the embryo. It's got the wrong number of chromosomes Yeah, in is it. it? Yep. That's,
1: that's the, it. Yep. That's the
0: commonest single thing. Yep.
1: Because people get pregnant, women get pregnant, but then mm. they get to a point in the pregnancy where the pregnancy just can't last, just it, can't. Continue. It, that's right. That's mother Nature. That's what we've always heard, that Mother Nature takes care of it. It
0: is. So across the board, the miscarriage rate is about 20%. But mm. if you look at women in their 40s, it's much higher, 40, yeah. 50%. And the main reason is the embryo's got the wrong number of chromosomes. Things like Down syndrome. Yeah. But there's a lot of others which don't.
1: You know, yes. You wouldn't have
0: heard of. Yes. That's the commonest yes, reason. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: If someone's had three, two, three, one miscarriage. Yes. Um... You know, is that an indication to come to IVF?
0: Not necessarily. So the first thing to say is uh, the definitions keep changing. So recurrent miscarriage used to be a definition where you've had three consecutive miscarriages.
1: Mm.
0: And at that stage, we would organise some of these special tests to try and exclude the known causes, which most of the time we don't find. Mm. That's now being reduced to two uh, miscarriage consecutive in most countries. And the things we look at are a genetic problem and either. Uh, parent side, um, a, a chromosomal translocation it's called, um, and we check a few uh, for a few other things, clotting problems, that sort of thing. Now, sometimes we can help with that. So there are some rare known causes of recurrent miscarriage and sometimes our IVF can be helpful for that if the problem is a genetic one because we can do IVF, screen the embryos yes. and only put the ones which are normal back. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah.
1: And what about if it's a uh, sex indicate it like a, a like a, bo- a, a, a boy always yes so, sorry what i'm trying to say yeah is, like
0: a, a sex uh hereditary, hereditary yeah that's yeah, right yeah sec, um the pretty rare i mean so we there are a few things like that we can do other forms of genetic testing too so we can screen like if somebody's got a family history of cystic fibrosis mm. and had a child you know unfortunately with that we can do single gene testing of embryos too to exclude that mm. um Some of the the sex linked diseases you mentioned, like haemophilia, you can do, you know, you could basically select embryos based on sex and only put the female ones back. But these days we do more specific gene testing to really nail down the gene rather than just just sex. But you're
1: not allowed to, if you have five boys, you're not allowed to come in and say, I want a girl. No,
0: No. you're not in this country. People do go overseas.
2: Some countries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: People will go overseas from America. But no, we're not allowed to do that here.
2: Yeah. How long do the embryos last for? Like, say you've got some fabulous little diamonds and I'm 41 or 42 and I fall pregnant and I have a child through this wonderful process, fantastic. Yes. Can I, you know, at 44, can I still come back and access one of the diamonds?
0: Great question. Great question. So... Um, the first thing to say, so the embryos are stored in liquid mi- li- nitrogen, which is nearly minus 200 degrees mm. centigrade. So they would pr- probably be stable for 100 years. Wow. They're just wow. absolutely frozen. It's almost at absolute freezing point. So they're very, very stable. And when we thaw them, generally we get about 90 to 95% of embryos will f- survive when we thaw them using the new freezing technology.
1: And that's why you're saying it's. That's really a big change. Freezing really, technology yeah, changes
0: have made a huge yeah. difference to frozen. You know, I won't go into too much detail, yeah, yeah. but frozen embryo transfers is a big thing. Yeah. In answer to your question, though, we're, we are actually in Victoria, we're, we're governed by legislation. So we are allowed to keep those embryos for five years and then if the patient wants to keep them longer, we can renew that for another five years. So it's really 10 years. Okay. Yeah.
1: Then what?
0: So then, you know, that, a decision has to be made, mm. either donation to somebody Again, else. Again, it's an emotional decision, huge, isn't it? Yeah. huge. So yeah. Um, sometimes a, a woman will donate those embryos to another couple. Yeah. That's... Fairly rare, mm. or if, they, if they're taken out of the liquid nitrogen, basically they're just, just thawed out. Yeah, 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 nothing yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I'm actually sometimes depending on religious beliefs. Um, yes, um, a woman might want to go through a mock embryo transfer to put the embryos right. back into this, right. but not just, at a yes, time I when understand. it's less likely yeah. to work. Uh, yeah, there's a few that's different a good, things.
1: Good thing to do, I think, emotionally. Yeah. just uh, yeah,
0: you can uh, you can also um, leave them for research as well. Yes, yeah. of
1: course. And I know this would be age related. How long would you suggest people try to conceive? So,
0: yeah. yeah. And so you you're spot on, it really is age related. So traditionally, it used to be two years. Believe that. Jesus. Can you imagine oh if this that age. But this was for when people were trying, when they were 18, 19, 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was then moved to, strictly speaking, uh, infertility is defined of, as a year of, of trying. Right. Now, if you look at the figures, depending on your age, even after a year of trying, there is still a chance of getting pregnant naturally, and that's a very age-dependent thing. But so, you know, if you're if you're in your twenties or what have you, it would be reasonable to try for a year because there's still a good chance it would happen the next yeah. year. If you're getting close to forty, though, I would say get everything checked out as soon as possible yeah. because if there is an issue, time is so precious. Everything we just is. need to get yeah. onto it as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. Yeah to get that precious baby in your
1: arms. Mm. And that's what, you know, what they want. And we know, you and I, we all know the you know, the story afterwards, but yes. even this is just carries so much anxiety and tension between couples and, you know, our friends and, yeah. you know, like jealousy and someone gets pregnant the second or third time. It's like, yes. how can she get pregnant again? And uh, that's really uh, tough. Uh,
0: um, and everybody wants to be a nice person, they try, but yeah. no matter how hard you try, if you've been trying for two, or three years, I mean, you know, going through IVF, which may not have worked at that stage, and you, you all your friends are getting pregnant. Yeah. It, it's you want often,
1: to say that's great, Darl?
0: But it's, it is very Ridge. hard. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, <Yes>. very, very <laughs> oh, it's hard. so hard, <laughs> and I
1: see them cry, and I feel so oh. so
0: for them. Yeah, and especially if it's been something which you've been waiting for for so long, it's been heartbreaking, obviously I see this not uncommonly, yeah. and... Even for us, like you know, I do. I usually do the first pregnancy scans, particularly for the IVF patients, yeah. the six, seven weeks. And sometimes when it's been a long road, your heart's in oh, your mouth. I know. But actually, going back to one of the things you were saying, um, it, the stress on the relationship often, often by the time um, a couple, a heterosexual couple, they would see me. It's become like a mating program. Oh, no, so you like, kidding you know, me? It's like animal husbandry. Five o'clock.
1: You're home. The, yeah, I'm ovulating. It's like the men are complaining the, that's, about sex. Yeah, you know, that's and the first time ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know it can put an awful lot of stress in relationships. It
1: does. Yeah. yeah. Um. So do do patients ever come to you? Like in, in in the best case scenario, they've seen a GP. They've maybe um had blood tests, a, a semen analysis, all that sort of stuff, and yes. come to you, and you go, "Great, this is all." all the information I need. And Occasionally.
0: Is the best- it, it is. It's, and that's funny because straight in that first appointment, we can then make plans. That's right. You know, like yeah. if, if clearly, say the sperm was abnormal, we would organise a repeat. So with a sperm test, it, it, one alone doesn't define things, so we'd repeat it. But it usually gives you an indication if it was really, really low. So we can then start making plans. Whereas... So it's
1: really important for for the listeners if they're thinking about going to IVF go to your GP ask for yes. some tests to be done and look the guys get pretty sensitive about that they do. Um, having it done, but you know what? It's 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 a team, and yep. um going then to you, as I said before, with all that information just cuts down so much. It,
0: it saves a lot of time. It saves a
1: lot of time. Other thing
0: too, general things: make sure you're taking something with folic acid, in. right? Make sure your GP's checked to make sure you're ready to get pregnant. You're immune to rubella, German measles, yes. so all those
1: immunisation. Yes, yeah. Iron's good, but yep. uh, and
0: bring any bring any relevant information you can. Like if you've already. The male partner's already done a semen analysis. Bring the result, w- w- you know, with you because yeah. it's really helpful yeah. for us to yeah. see that straight yeah. away.
1: Really yeah. important, guys, to to have some stuff to go to a specialist with information because, like, it cuts down months. You know, yeah, literally months it because can... of because of the way um, te- blood tests are done or semen analysis are done. All that sort of stuff. It just cuts it all down, and the age factor. We you know we can't. Talk about that enough, you know. No, the, the, that, the older we're getting, it's yep. just really important to time is to to, to, to have fun. Um, yeah. It is really important.
2: Sounds what you're both saying really clearly is that if you're serious, be a boss, go and get the information, be proactive, get the tests and get rolling with it. Don't don't and be get, embarrassed. Yeah, and no, get right. exactly.
1: And get um and, and and on the other hand, you know, if you've only tried for one month, yes. you know, you don't have to then <laughs> no. well, I'm sure you have people who do that. But, you know, is there a time when you would say, seriously, say for a 35 to 40-year-old woman, like six months?
0: Yes, definitely six months. I mean, occasionally, if somebody's got worried about something, there might be a reasonable worry too, because occasionally I see patients where they've only just started trying, but there may have been a history of the male point having had chemotherapy. Yes. So in that setting... You'd yes, be yes, yes. foolish to say, oh, come back in six months, we'll do a yes. sperm test, then, let's check this now. But yeah. most of the time I think six months would be reasonable. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. You know, have you ever said to people, enough's enough? You
0: know? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Frequently. Yeah. You know, I see. Uh, I do see a lot of patients who are a bit older. Mm-hmm. and But even with that, it is so hard mm-hmm. because you can never be certain. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had patients who have surprises where you've, you know, they've been through 14 goes before they see you, yes. and they're, you know, 45. And um, thinking about one patient in particular here, and you know, sitting down and say, Look, let it go. You're yes. broken emotionally, financially, yes. everything. And they go ahead and it works, you know, wow. and have a baby at 46. Oh. So, but for each one person like that. Are they like
1: all that, called David? <laughs> <laughs> Even the girls? O- only the girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but for each person like that, yeah, you know, there could be disappointment and tears yeah. for so many more. So, yeah. so we never know. And sometimes it can be obvious, like if you keep, if you're. You know, going through treatment, and you're not getting an embryo to go back, or the embryo is not very good quality. Then you have to draw a line. The sound. but it's a very hard, thing a to
1: very do. hard. And yeah. and you know, will you would you have people say, well, I'm going somewhere else. You're not doing it. You know, yes, yes. yeah. And so, yeah.
0: human nature is that. Uh, in fact, sometimes, you know, I think for any of us working in this field, uh, if you've had a, you know a. a Difficult time with a couple or a you know patient where things haven't been working. Sometimes we'll suggest, look, you know, see my colleague. Yes. Just to get a you know fresh, just fresh, fresh hope. A, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: if nothing else. Um, but um, yeah, but look, in terms of you know, most of the clinics have a cutoff at forty five.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we've you know, uh, it's not enforced in law. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but um, yeah. Sometimes people don't like being told, no. you know, it's no, enough of course. either. It's very yeah. hard to hear. Yeah. Do
1: they come back and see you with yes. their baby? Great. They do. I I tell so many mums dads go back and, and and show the doctors who yeah.
0: And I've been yeah. I'm, do
2: you love it or is it a bit of a hassle? No, no I love it. Love
0: do it. you love it? I love it. Oh, I've been talking. I'm telling, I'm no, you, no. But I, I love if, it I've been so. talking about this today already.
2: Yeah.
0: So sometimes, because one of the great ironies in this, the area I work in, is it's almost like a negative reinforcement because mm. you, the patients who conceive first go. You know, you you don't get to know them so well. They come back a year or two later for another go. (laughs) Um, Often happens again. (laughs) The people you get to know are where they're having a really hard time themselves. So you, because they're coming back, and you're
1: you've got emotional investment in huge. You know,
0: done a scan, and so yeah, no, I love it. Particularly, you get quite a a, quite a bond. In fact, it can be disappointing occasionally. You will you Will have a couple where you've been through that and then it has worked, and you never see them again. Oh, and I think, and no, David. I know, oh. but I, I think sometimes there's that small moment where it's just that it's been so traumatic for them, they can it's hardly face seeing yeah. the IVF units. And, and also, yeah.
1: um, what, what I know in my end of the of, of work that women who um, go through a lot of IVF, it's sort of, and we, we've talked to. A lot about this through all these podcasts is there's the fantasy and there's reality. Yes. And this fantasy of having a baby is just like, it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to be in a lovely white dress, and you know I'm just going to drip milk, and uh, I'll sleep. The baby will sleep all night, and everything oh. will be fine. But the reality is that, you know, they still get depressed. They still have sleepless nights. Probably they still, more so. More so, and and. You, what
0: do you feel? You're absolutely bang on because, particularly when it's been a di- really difficult road, it's become this obviously, you know, there's the desire for the baby, but a, such a difficult goal yeah. to achieve. And then, and then once that's achieved, if there's any like doubt or anything doesn't go quite perfectly, there's almost like a guilt yes. with that, you know, that, that something I've wanted so much and, you know, I shouldn't have any negative thoughts. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's and even, even so, more and,
1: and, and, and what I've seen with some women is that, um, I actually should be enjoying this, mm. you know. Like I've tried so hard, we've put so much money into mm. IVF. I've got everything I want, yes, and I don't like this. I should I be
0: happier.
1: <laughs> I should be happier. I don't. I'm sad. I, yeah. I don't like the baby. I, I and I see that quite a bit. That's yeah. uh, that's disappointing because it's too late to hand them back. But, but you're but, in. But you're in. But that's the that's um, the you know the fantasy and reality, and mm. that's where. We need to look after women, you know, during yep. pregnancy in, you know, with psychology and talking or midwife, whatever, to talk about that what really it's I mean, you can't really explain what it's like, but it's hard work. And even myself, who was a midwife for a long, long time, a maternal and child health mm. nurse, you know, it, it's it's hard to all of a sudden be sleep deprived, really sleep deprived day after day after day after day, week after week, you know, and you actually think it's not going to affect you. But Master, it
0: does. I think for any of us, um, the first child born is the biggest single change in your life in <laughs> every way. Like, you you—you you know, change of all the focus is off you. Yes. Folks of your parents and families off you. You know, you're yeah. just like the next generation now. So it's a massive thing. And I think it's obviously brought into sharper focus when it's been such a difficult road yeah. to get there. Yeah,
1: yeah. it really is. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we need to? as li- As the listeners need to know what what's something that you'd love to sort of y- you know tell someone who doesn't know what she doesn't know
0: I think the main i guess the main message would be don't leave it too long yeah um, seek help if you need it you know and and just don't leave it too late you mm-hmm. know i see I see a lot of uh, a lot of patients where I wish I'd seen them one or two or three years before because yeah. I would have been able to help them a lot more so Don't be ashamed in seeking help early um, because we're more likely to be able to help you.
2: Midwife Kath, thank you so much. Dr David Wilkinson, thank you for your time and your insights. You both do wonderful and beautiful work. Uh, If you are listening and this is an issue that is presenting to you, um, if you and your partner have any concerns, you know what to do, it's really simple. Go to your GP to be referred to a gynecologist and have a discussion. What did you say? Don't let it wait too late.
1: Yes. No. Oh, yes. Yes, no. No, 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 yes, no. Yeah, no. Thanks, Brooke.
0: Thanks, Okay, thanks, Brooke.
1: This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin.
2: Listener.